This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 226. And the quote of the day is, we're all born with a little bit of talent, but you have to earn your skill. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 226. And if you enjoy this podcast, if you've gotten any value out of the podcast, I am going to ask a favor of you. If you go to drummersresource.com forward slash support, that'll bring you to what's called a Patreon account or a Patreon campaign. And what it does or what the Patreon account is, it allows you to donate anywhere from a dollar to a hundred dollars. Actually, you can go as high as you want. But but contributions start at $1 a month and you sign up for this and every month it'll just get, it'll just ping your debit card for it. So it, the, the podcast is going to remain free forever. But for those of you who want to help support the podcast, there's also some really cool rewards that go with it as well. Uh, but if you would like to support the podcast, head over to drummersresource.com forward slash support and you can pledge anywhere from a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, five dollars, and every little bit helps. So every dollar that you contribute definitely goes to help pay bills, help pay staff, hosting, all of that stuff that I'm paying for out of my own pocket. And uh, but like I said, every 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 little bit helps. But if you can spring for the higher ones, I strongly urge that you do that. I want you to contribute as to as much value that you've gotten out of this podcast. So drummersresource.com forward slash support is where you can do that. And let's get into the interview today. This is with my man, Johnny Rab. Johnny and I have been friends for years, had him on the podcast a long time ago. So we don't get into a lot of his career, but we do talk about, he's been on tour now with Collective Soul for five years. So we talk about the ins and outs of touring, uh, defining your success, the pros and cons of touring, and then we get into some tactical stuff about hand speed and also his freehand technique and some stuff that he has coming down the pipeline very soon. So I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Let's get into it with the one and only Johnny Rab. Johnny, what's happening, brother? How are you, man? Good, Nick. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I was just thinking how long, when, when were you on the podcast? It was like three years ago, wasn't it? You know what it was? It definitely was. My little girl, Carmen, was only like one. So, yep. Man, yep. that is insane. Time flies. Too quickly, actually. It yeah. sure does. <laughs> Especially with children. You're like, no, don't. I mean, I don't have kids, but I would imagine. You're like, don't grow up. Come on. Stay stay little. Uh, kind of. It's more like grow up so we don't have to do diapers anymore, to be totally honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> you know what? I've uh, I've never changed the diapers, so I I don't know. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> this do, is buddy, diaper you talk. One. Yeah, <laughs> diaper talk. You only need to do one, and you're good, and you're done, buddy. You'll right. be good. You'll be good. Anyway, fair yeah. enough. So um, so for for everybody listening, I've we've already done this before, as we mentioned, you were on the podcast a few years ago. So we talk a lot about your career, um, you know, and sort of your your thoughts on the industry and and how you how you sort of innovated your way into the industry and um but i want to talk now let, let's talk about what you got going on now because you've been doing you've been with how long have you been with collective soul now uh this year marked the end of my fifth year with the band that's insane yeah it's great loving it it just seems i don't know it's crazy it's like i i, I feel like you just got the gig you know what i mean I do know what you mean because uh, we've, I think we met, uh, re, you know, connected uh, about when that first tour in 2012 was happening and, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. So there's the years and it has been, they bleed right into each other when it comes down to the road for yeah. sure. So how often are you guys on the road? What's your, what's your schedule look like? Some, uh, sometimes, or when I say sometimes, I mean, some years are a little less than others, but this last year, for example, was... I mean, we had 55 shows with the Goo Goo Dolls doing uh, direct support for them in the, in the Shed tour. And then I would say this year at least, oh my God, had to been like 90 to 100 shows. It's a lot. It's a lot it is shows. a lot. It is. Yeah. So- so let's let's talk, let's get into it a little bit because I think that there's some advice out there 
uh, that people can kind of heed in terms of touring, in terms of, you know, there's a lot of people who listen to the podcast who are married, who have kids, who, you know, are either uh, yep. either doing tours at a higher level or a lower level. Uh, it doesn't matter. But I think that, you know, being on the road takes its toll. So how have you... How have you sort of been able to manage that? Because it's definitely not easy, man. And you know, when I when I was heavily touring, I wasn't um, I wasn't married, so I didn't have to I didn't have to deal with all that that kind of stuff. So how are you sort of balancing all that? I mean, it always is a, a finding a, a controlled balance. Uh, you want to make sure, you know. Again, it doesn't matter if you're single, if you have a girlfriend, uh, if you're a female drummer, a boyfriend, or whatever you choose. Point of it is significant other. Um, you need to make sure that you're, in my opinion, balancing or finding a, a, a creative balance of your life. And that means it, it could be for me, for example, I have two daughters and a wonderful wife, and I make darn sure that I'm in contact with them. And one of the creative things is not so creative, but the iPhone is so amazing, in my opinion, that we've got FaceTime mm-hmm. um, that, that comes in very handy. It's not the same ever as face to face for real and in person, but it sure gives you an idea of, you know, what the person's doing or what, you know, my daughter is up to or, and to be honest with you, I may even able to help on some things if, if a, she has a bad day or uh, at a young age acting up, um, you know, that's important. And, and to check in, you get a, you can see each other's face. I mean, the word FaceTime is what a great title or for the uh, app, but utilizing social um excuse me, the FaceTime thing like that. It's very important. And just trying to keep in contact, whether it's with your mom and dad or your boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever it is, or even your friends, you have life outside of drumming. I mean, I understand that drums are life. Like you can you know, have a t-shirt that says that or something. That's cool. And I definitely, when I was in college, had that like eat, sleep, drum, repeat, you know, whatever mentality. But now at age 44, I'm, I'm realizing there is a lot more going on to life. My family's definitely first. Um, very cliche statement, but that's true. Uh, drumming, you mentioned it earlier, any level, it does not matter. Uh, if you're playing with a high end, like say that I'm just going to make something up here. Say that you know the drummer for playing for Justin Bieber right now, or you know Madonna's drummer, you know a uh, person that's in a cover band. It really doesn't matter. Uh, levels to me are all the same because you're doing a gig somewhere and if if you're it's either in town or out out of town so there's two different topics in my opinion there and i want to definitely discuss both so we can we can get into both those but it's the same i think the levels are the same uh, i've got a friend in philadelphia that has a cover band called the rockets and they have a full crew full drum tech full lighting i mean they <laughs> their rig is probably more than anybody I've worked with in the sense of, and it's a cover band, but they are nonstop. I was going to say they probably play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, at least, right? They do. And he does such a great job and he's a killer player. So there's my point of, uh, of level. I don't think, yes, I think there's a prerequisite of how you play, but in my opinion, you can see somebody as in a wedding band that could easily ace me in collective soul or, or even the, you know, cover the Madonna gig. So work, I'm not trying to be so blatant and say that work is work, but I have respect for anybody that is going to put that time in. They're like, I'm going to try to be a full-time drummer. Right. Um, if you're a full-time drummer, that means that you making your living playing drums. You have made it in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think, think, you know, Billy Martin and I talked about that when he was on the podcast of saying like so many people get caught up in, in you know who you're playing with and it's like hey man you know they're like if i'm not playing doing a bus tour and playing with this big artist then i haven't made it and it's like well are you do you have a day gig no you don't okay you play full time and you make a decent living at it like you made it you're a successful musician and you know i think i had not i'm totally this is like douchey name dropping but i'm just i'll tell you who said it because i think it's important that Mm -hmm. i had lunch with indugu chancellor and yeah, the listeners know who Indugu is. I mean, he played on every record and, you know, played on Thriller and he's he's yeah. Indugu and he plays everything. And he said people now don't look at corporate gigs or wedding gigs or any of that stuff as noble 
work. And he's like, people frown upon that now. And they're like, oh, I'm not going to play in a wedding gig or I'm not going to I'm not going to play and do this these corporate gigs. He's like, man, he was like, you should own a tuxedo and you should know how to play all those gigs and you should be playing all those gigs because that's what everybody did in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. That was just the way that it was. And that's what a professional musician did. Oh, 100 percent. And Dugu, for example, is somebody that he's like one of the first people I was introduced to at PAS in 1994. Four by Taku Hirano, and he was awesome from that day all the way to now. Like meaning nice and supportive, and what a legend. Uh, the, he's right that right now, if you came over in my cl- top right closet, say black jacket and black pants, what I call the fake tuxedo. Mm-hmm. So uh, meaning you know just black pants, black jacket, the black bow tie, and a black straight tie, and a white button up, button down, whatever you want to call it. Why? I don't know if somebody's going to call and be all, uh, it's a tuxedo gig. Now, I admit, right now in life, I'm not turning them down. I'm just not in that marketplace or putting myself out there because I, I am working with Collective Soul so much. Right. But I didn't throw the tuxedo away, if you know what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's uh, you know, and I don't want to get, get all crazy, but it's interesting because you and I speak on the phone sometimes uh, just as buddies, you know, talking about industry, talking about life. And I'll say that, interestingly, we, we, you and I discuss about talking about how, what what's the re- realistic things that happen. Break it down for a minute. Van and trailer tour. That means that you're, you know, car tour, what I used to do with biodiesel and clay. Mm-hmm. It's still the same amount of time away. If you have a gig on Saturday, you can most likely count on flying to the place Friday, gigging Saturday, flying home Sunday. Same thing happens with Collective Soul if there's one date. So that's three days you can count on being shot from family. So Mm -hmm. just keep that in mind. Um, In-town gigs versus out-of-town gigs. What what I envy about folks that have maybe a casino gig that is a 80s cover band or whatever cover band – I like it because you're playing a couple things. You're playing music that you grew up on and you might like. I did at least eighties. And it's fun. And you're playing, you're, you're learning new drum parts. You might, you might not have learned. That's always something good for your bag of knowledge for song knowledge. Then, then here's the kicker. If you're in a town like Vegas and you live there or you're where I am and you play out the, I don't know what the place is called, but it's the Indiana casino out here. I would be home in 30, 40 minutes drive after the gig. So you have to weigh the options of what is it that you're going to aim for. Do you really want to go for what you said uh, um, Billy was saying about, man, they're worried about playing who they're playing with. It's like, you know, I get it. There's the kind of a vanity thing of in your website. I play with uh, Collective Soul. And and I got to be honest, I'm very proud of doing that. But he makes a good point of, that's what I meant about the level playing field. If you're in a cover band that's booked full time, you're doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So the one advantage of having an in-town cover band, for example, or regional is you get to come back home every night. I will let everyone know that that is a, uh, a big deal when you have kids or you have a family, wife, et cetera. Sure. If you like for the Goo Goo Dolls tour, that was 55 shows. And that was not almost double the days, but it was two and a half months literally gone right. from home. There's only so much FaceTime can do to be able to have you reconnect. Um, and there's always a period of reconnecting when you get back. Mm-hmm. So it's it's here I am going, I'm doing my dream. I'm doing my dream because I love music. I love songs. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to work with the guys. But at the same time, as you're doing your dream, there's a little bit of the Groundhog Day effect when you show up to the same kind of amphitheater um, and go, oh, we're here again. We don't do sound check till four. There's the bus. I can take naps, you know, and we can get into all that type of stuff. But it's an interesting dynamic on really keeping yourself goal focused, because I can tell you on this last tour, uh, I had a lot of goals in mind and a lot of them did not get reached because you start to get in a rut of of just like I said, groundhog, like over and over and over mm-hmm. sleep patterns change. You're staying up later cause your gigs not till later. I think you get my point. Then you have yeah. to have some so- social interaction with the band and have fun while you're at it. So man, 
I rambled there, but there's a lot to kind of cover on the. No, road. I mean, and I think it's an interesting point that one that there's pros and cons of of touring and playing yeah. locally, uh, and then also, I mean, I I'm the same way. Like I'll be on the road and 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 well, frankly, I haven't been on the road in a little while now, but um, purposely took took a little time off from touring, but. Um, but like being on the road and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get all this stuff done. And then you're like, well, I, I didn't plan on getting up at noon. You know, I planned on get. I said I was going to get up at seven and go to the gym. I got up at noon and went and ate breakfast or brought and ate lunch instead. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it, I, it, I, I get it. It totally happens. There's one, there, there was one thing that you mentioned that I, that I sort of stuck a pin in that I wanted to go back to is about the fact of saying, you know, at one point in your life, you were sort of like living, eat, eating, breathing, sleeping, drumming, and I think that I, I think that everybody goes through this as as a as an artist, as a player, that you have to go through that section of your life of where you're practicing eight, ten, twelve hours a day, you know, or maybe not eight, but six, you know, four, six, eight, ten, twelve hours a day, and you have to go through that when you have the time, when you don't have the responsibilities, when you don't have a wife and family and bills and mortgages and all that stuff. Um, but then I think that, you know, as you as you start to get older, your priorities shift. And for me, I'd love to get your opinion on it, but for me, I I struggled with that. I not necessarily that my f- priorities were changing a little bit but i was i was almost like ashamed that they were changing like i was oh i got it. Okay. i was like i was like ashamed to like the the music gods of being mm-hmm. like i mean everybody i've been frank about it on the on the podcast like i love business and i love all these other things and when i started like really wanting to spend time in that area of my life i like felt bad i'm like no i should be practicing six hours a day and you know the drum gods are gonna are gonna strike down with great vengeance and furious anger to quote pulp fiction but like well the bible but um yeah but did you go through that transition or was it just like a natural progression or did you struggle with that at all of like man okay i gotta it's time i gotta like start adulting and figuring out how drumming fits into that too the the more the latter more the it's time to and i didn't think i need to start adulting I, i obviously tried to be uh, you know, attentive father, husband, like from the the beginning. But I will say, oh, there was sure uh, something that clicked for me when our daughter Carmen was born four years ago, that it was not fair for my wife, Bridget, to be the one to, you know, do the main caretaking, especially when it was like, um, you know, again, for those of you that don't have kids, it's totally cool. I won't stay on the subject long. But for those that and even if you don't, you'll still maybe get some out of this. It's just the sleep cycle. You're getting woken up to do feeding or you know, whatever. And we did bottle feeding, so it was like take turns. It just got to a point where being gone for a weekend to play gigs with with biodiesel, I wanted to. I love Clay uh, Parnell, my my partner in biodiesel. I remember flat out when it started getting to where Carmen needed to. T- it was all about Carmen. When that started happening, there was it wasn't even a, a choice. I remember writing a text going, guys, I cannot gig as much and then unfortunately um then it started being i needed to really think of when i had the opportunity with collective soul i had to tell clay which was very very hard uh and then the closest thing i could do was skype video to him because i wanted to tell him in person i have this opportunity i have to take it buddy because it's it's a legit full-time job and it kind of i mean no question the salary was was higher and it wasn't about money, but it was about the necessity of what was going on at home with needing to contribute. So when you said, was it natural? It just happened out of stress. And, mm-hmm. you know, we sit here now, I still practice, but it's nowhere near the Berkeley days or post years in Nashville. Um, it, I'm not ashamed of it. In fact, there's times when like, I don't mind saying to everybody, I do a ton of housework. Sometimes the housework is more of a priority than coming down to the basement studio and working on hands. So you have to then prioritize. So I try to, I try so hard to, uh, time manage, which I'm very bad at, but I try to make it happen and set goals. For example, having this basement studio work, um, we now have a home. That was a goal. We have the home. Now we bought part of the reason we bought the home was it has a basement in it. Cool. The next goal. Let's get a cool practice space. All right, we got it. 
goal after that. Let's make it more soundproof. Working on it. So it's, I guess, don't beat yourselves up if you feel a shift. If you're young and you, uh, as I said, have a significant other that just might be a serious boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, cool. But realize if you're, if you're going to want to drum, I always say the prerequisite is you're going to have to be competitive with the others you know, on just a playing level. Right. So you got to get close to that 10,000 hours. You have to. Yeah. You have to. And, and that includes going back to the Indugu thing of like, you don't have to be in a jazz quartet or know how to read out of a real book and, or do go do a jazz gig, you know, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like a, a casual jazz mm -hmm. gig, but that sure kind of was my prerequisite before, uh, in Nashville prerequisite, you better start like I did going and playing on Broadway every night you can for free. Uh, you know, I remember times I had to pay for parking. You have to do it. You have to put the time in. And that also of course is called, it goes hand in hand with the networking. Um, importantly, you mentioned something, uh, I want to cap that by saying, no, it was not natural. I get what you mean by feeling bad or the drum gods. What do you think Instagram does probably to a lot of us? When you look on there, I see my buddies just being all, check me out. I'm in my like pristine drumming studio and I'm putting a video out on my groove drumming or I'm not mad at it. I'm, I'm very like, oh, I'm inspired. Like, darn it. Look at these guys just continuing to, to rock forward. So of course I look backwards and go when I was doing uh, clinic tours, like all the time, almost full time mm -hmm. and that paradigm shift or whatever you want to call it. Oh, it really messed with me because I went from clinician to like working with Roland and doing all their product specialist stuff to now I still do clinics, but the times have changed. I'm very fortunate to work with a band where I'm playing songs every night. And I, but that was my goal too, as a kid, being a band, right? Being a band that uh, that is successful, that like has built-in crowds. Whether it was an original band, meaning of my own, or it was a band that you are a sideman with or part of the group, like Collective Soul. I'm doing that. So anytime I get down on the 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 kind of change, I try to look at it as uh, a good thing and a door open. And lastly, I'll say that the read the book who moved my cheese or who moved the cheese, whatever it's called in a nutshell that suggests. And I try to remember that all the time. The mouse keeps going to the end of the maze. The scientist has it in the corner and the cheese is there. So he gets used to the one, one point, boom, he finds it. Once it gets moved, the one mouse stops searching. That means they, I don't, I don't know. It's gone. Oh my God, what I'm going to do in this case, the cheese equaling, equaling finances. If stuff changes, you can't just sit and him and ha over your uh, finances and go, I'm, I'm, oh, my God, what happened? I'm not a clinician only anymore. You shift it. And the other mouse they put in there was willing to find where they, you know, find his way through the crazy maze and find the new the new area where the cheese was. Therefore, he's like, oh, I get it now. It's, it's over here. They shift. They change their mind to go look for it. You can't just if stuff changes, if somebody uh, what happened to me, I, I wasn't doing as many clinics. Sure, I had panic, but I totally did the who moved my cheese thing. It was like, okay, this is a sign. I need to be looking in another direction. And you got to adapt. Yeah, you can't just sit. So uh, I'm sure going back and listening to that, I'm going to be like, what was I talking about? But hopefully that makes sense. That, no, I, I it, you know. it totally makes sense. I think a lot of people get stuck in this thing or they're used to doing this one thing and they're do they've always done that and then that gets taken away. Look at... Look at record label. Look at Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble was like, okay, we're going to sell books. And the internet came along and they're like, no, this thing's not going to be, it's going to be a fad. We're going to continue to sell books. We're going to continue to sell books. And then what happens? They go out of business. Sure. And you I, know. I, you know, I had uh, George Lawrence drummer in Nashville, great drummer, plays with Poco, but more and more, I think he does not so modern drummer now. I think he owns that. Mm -hmm. Could be wrong, but John Aldridge had it, but I'm pretty sure George does. Pardon me. George sent me, and I really appreciate him for this. He sent me an email when I had uh, the first go around of my stick company, um, and it it changed. It it got sold to DW, and I remember being stunned because what I had as a dream and what I built really did the the, the cheese went away, if you will. And he just sent me an email, and he sent me that book. And he's like, "Read this book, dude," and I'm like, "Oh, like reluctant." And it's a very quick read, and I got it. He was basically saying. It's not over. That was a something you were doing. You may or may not do it again. Mm -hmm. And 
but what what now? Like, don't sit and just go, oh, man, that was the thing, and I'm not going to move. I'm just going to sit here. Right. And that helped. Right. So I, I suggest The season changed. Anybody. Yeah, yeah. And, I like it. And I'll just say this. There, there's listeners out there that are going to be male, female, all ages. Find your goal you want to do and go for it. I, I, I always remember in high school having this weird feeling because it is what it is in high school competition. I'm first chair in jazz band. I'm not first chair in jazz band. I'm, you know, I got a person that's older than me saying, you'll never go to Berkeley. It's like, listen to what you want to do and the people that are going to support you because you can get there. I'm not saying you can get that. I've done it all. I'm just saying after looking at how much like sort of like the, the, the negative, I was like, Oh, they're probably right. I probably couldn't do Berkeley. That just took away from me time that I could have been practicing. And luckily I didn't listen to those people. And I did practice. I remember one guy saying, what are you going to practice your butt off all summer? I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I guess, yeah, yeah. That's what. That's actually what I want to do. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, so I did, and I'm happy where I'm at. You always look back and wonder, what if you did this, or like you said, more business courses, or you know, got a degree in business, not in drumming. But then I would never, you know, I, who would know? That's all hindsight. So, Dude, see, I got, you know, I got a business degree, and that's why I'm a multi hundredaire. You know. I'm, yeah. But that's I'm killing it. <laughs> Dude, dude, here's the uh, dude. Here's the thing. I I hear you on that. I, it took me a minute to hear what you said, but I I got you. <laughs> but you're also I've heard you pl- play, and you're a great drummer. Well, so it's you. yeah, and it's it's there's so many things that we can do in this business. But I, I like you just said, that's a very good point. Don't forget that there's life outside of drums. Like I totally know there's T-shirts and posters. Like you know, like I said life after drums no it's like yeah there is folks you know yeah. what you know j- just realize that if you so stay so narrow i'm going to move to nashville and i'm going to get the next country artist touring position that's awesome that's awesome i totally moved to nashville in 1996 stayed there to 2009 had a lot of cool stuff i didn't expect to do meaning in business accidentally and in the drum industry, but then also had some great playing experience with artists. But what I realized at the end of that, man, that sure wasn't the end of the world. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like all, I I loved everything I got to do, all the people I met, but you can reach the goals, but just what's the long term? What Mm -hmm. is the long term of, of what you're going to do for, for playing? And, um, a lot of people don't realize that artists, um, might change their drummers. They might quit touring. They might not, they might be too old to tour anymore. They might retire because they've made all their money on their publishing. They need to make, um, keep that in mind. If you're, if you're going to like, I'm going to LA to make it big. It's like, just be prepared. Like, what does it mean for you to make it big? Is that, is that, um, and you said it before the vanity style, if you get your picture in a magazine, is that making it big for you? And, uh, or, or if you get a gig that you're getting paid for, is that making it for you? Or is it a combo of both? Um, does it matter to you if like, like you were saying about Billy, like it has to be a valid, you know, name gig for me to consider I've made it. Um, so it's, I've learned a lot in the last year. I mean, on my own, but also from my friend Troy. Um, and we, you know, we talk about all the stuff and it's, it's kind of cool to be kept grounded by, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to have him as a friend and, you know, kind of mentor and the stuff. Cause uh, you know, it can drive you crazy mm-hmm. trying to try, trying to navigate. And well, I think it drives you crazy trying to chase something that you don't know what you're chasing. You know, it's like, if you have these, I, I agree with once you get it to a goal, then you want to reach a different goal and you want to grow and you want to do all these things. Um, and, you know, it kind of reminds me of the, um, I guess, was it Daryl Hall that, that they, Hall and Oates was like huge at the time. They just won all these Grammy awards and they, you know, like they had the number one album in the year and they were like all this stuff. And he, I think he was in a movie and I mean, like everything was going for him. He's like, man, I got to the top. Like I was there. I was at yeah. the top and you know, what's up there? Nothing. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, and he's yeah. like, so if you're not if you're not happy along the way and you're 
and you're shunning everything else out. Like I think we're sort of talking about, you know, life outside of drums of like, all right, I drumming can be the a super important, passionate part of your life, I think. But I don't think that you should negate everything else, like your finances, like your family, like your friends and all that stuff and just shun everyone and just, you know, just do that and not pay attention to anything else because I think you're going to be unhappy once you, even if you reach the goal that you're trying to get, it's going to be a lonely existence, I think. I think you're completely right. And that's, that's kind of now at my age where I'm uh, trying to realize that, um, you know, the difference between visiting PAS or PASIC, if you want to call it that, but you don't even, because of Art Society convention a couple of weeks ago, and it was there for one day. And I go, isn't it funny? And I was talking to Troy. I go, isn't it funny? You would see such a different young, you know, Johnny walking around being myself with a backpack and a promo pack folder with a cassette tape Velcroed inside. Yes, cassette tapes. Hey, I'm doing this and this and this and this, and I'm, I'm getting ready to get out of Berkeley and really looking for endorsements. What an interesting approach I had with that fire, you know, and all that drive at that age, driving the uh, cymbal companies, drumhead companies, all that nuts. Like here's this 19, 20 year old coming in with a promo pack. But yeah, grinding. Yeah, there was a fire to it. Now, I don't go with no fire, but it's interesting now to look at the difference of everything seems smaller to me. And I don't mean that like at all uh, condescending to, to the industry, just their they're booths, they have pipe and drape. There's, you know, everyone, I, I, I'm fortunate to know most of the people in the industry. Right. Now it's more of a, wow, like this is, this is a cool little industry I'm in. And I say little, meaning I think that people think the drum industry is bigger than it really is. And mm -hmm. I think the touring and playing industry is pretty large because there's a lot going on there, but the actual within the little niche of the drumming manufacturing industry is very small. Yeah. Oh, you know? totally. Um, and I, and there, I always say there's a big difference between the drumming industry and the music industry. Sure. I mean, the music industry is ginormous, but yep. the, yep. the drumming industry, the drumming manufacturer industry uh, is super small. And I, and I, you know, you went through that a lot. Uh, or, or I went through that more recently than you did. So like, I mean, I did all this just from when I started drummers resource. So it's only been about four years for me. So I, re I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, the first NAM I went to versus how I go to NAM now. The first yeah. PASIC that I went to versus how I go now. Now I just go around and see all my friends and say hello to everyone. And but it's because you're inside the industry now, yeah. and it's a great. I think it's a great feeling. I think that like anybody listening should like should pursue that because I think it's it's an amazing community to like really get inside of it and like know everybody in the community. It's pretty. I think it's cool. You know, it is a very cool. I'm honored to, you know, be in it. And and I'm, I think going back to what we're saying about the progression of like, how do you make that switch or whatever? It, it was a hard one to swallow. But as stuff shifted, I had to realize that that years go by and new generations of drummers are born daily. And I'm like, OK, when I was promoting like the rhythm saw and, and going and doing clinics and drum and bass book and freehand book, it's like. I'm still, you know, right now in the throes of like relaunching myself and it's, it's, I've got to be ready for, I'm hoping that people will follow, but it's a different thing. You don't release a VHS tape these days or even a DVD, obviously, or I'm sorry, vice versa. And it's just not the same. Mm -hmm. We've got to, everything is, is offered differently for education now. Um, anyone that has a camera and I'm not being smart, but a, an iPhone or a camera and knows how to post on YouTube can do that or instagram is becoming obviously the mini youtube now i'm sure you agree mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's the competition is not just some people it's everybody that that drums if they want right right and so it's uh so amazing to me that you can what you can do now and uh with the you know i was obviously born a, before the internet was even out and so to come into it and then see what it's grown into uh has been amazing but it's a whole different, my whole point is it's a whole different approach and I'm embracing that, not against it, uh, more trying to figure out my niche and how, how I fit in, uh, to folks. And, you know, kind of my philosophy is I do feel like I have things to share. Some mm -hmm. of them I do feel like inventive and maybe innovative and, and hopefully it doesn't sound arrogant, but there's some techniques and original stuff I've developed to pride myself on, 
But I don't expect the whole world to go, yep, you know, we're going to get, you know, bajillion followers. But I sure hope that the people want to would want to learn from me would be people that would be there for the right reasons. And I could connect with them uh, personally with them and, and help their drumming grow how I can. And I was just going to say, I think that you'll be pleasantly surprised of who wants to study with you. So, no, it's cool, man. I hope, I hope I appreciate that. I hope that's the case, but I think that's, that's where I've started to understand. I'm like, okay, break it down. I'm playing, meaning this is for everyone. Are you playing a gig? Are you playing with a band? Are you playing music with someone? Even if it's getting ready to gig. Okay. Or do you want to be a teacher? There's an option. Do you want to be a full-time teacher and not play it all out? That's an option. Do you want to do it for a hobby? You never play out. You're in your basement, but you want to be as good as you can get just for fun. All these goals you can do, but what it comes down to is a lot of different things put together to make a career. Don't get me wrong. There's some people that can make a career off of, uh, I'd say, the high upper 5% of drummers of just touring with a major act. They might make enough income. That's their only gig. Right. That's fine. But in reality, it's going to be a whole bunch of things. Everyone I know is still teaching, teaching some, doing some workshops, trying to publish books. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, we all know the publishing game is way different now. Sure. Um, the amount of giveaways to uh, help gain some trust for some followers is, is, is kind of the way to go these days, it seems. Um, so just figure out what it is you really want to do um, and find out if what your reality is. You know, that's the biggest thing. Like, what, what makes your reality work? Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what I've been trying to do is I'm very, very thankful in an age that I don't think gigs are that easy to get, that I'm working with people that are like extended family, in my opinion, which is the Collective Soul guys. Super excited to have had that opportunity. As I said, Jen Lowe introduced me to um, the, the band, at, and it, it was at NAM, and that's ironic in itself, to be honest. Uh, yeah, you told that story in the other podcast. You were like doing a, you were just playing. Yeah. On, yeah. yeah. The Roland demo. Yeah. Um, but I do not take that thing for granted. And I will tell you the grass is greener thing. Just to give you an example, grass is greener. I get to go play with these guys. And there are times when I'm like, Oh, so-and-so like a drum festival or whatever. I'm like, I wish I could do more festivals again. And I kind of beat myself up going, am I out of that scene? What I try to remind myself is, is I am fortunate to have a working gig where people are coming out to see the band and I'm being able to record with the guys. So now instead of going like, I should be doing so many clinics and what's happening. Oh no panic. I try to go, man, I hope to do some clinics again. Um, I hope to do workshops again. I hope to put videos out. I hope to, but instead of freaking out and going in one direction, I'm trying to, you know, balance it all, uh, mm-hmm. find a, a creative way to still feed that need, uh, the hunger that I'm wanting, like I do want to put out videos, but I want it to make sense. And I want them to not just be repeating what somebody else has done necessarily. Right. So or just um, putting out videos just to put out videos. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's uh, exactly. I, I, that's not my take on stuff. So, um, working on formats on, on how I can do that. And, and I think I'm going to be, trying to be comfortable with whatever the outcome is as well. Uh, I've learned to not just expect that, well, I put a YouTube video up. Why isn't there like tons of followers on it? It's like, dude, there's so much info out there. Right. You you still have to get people's attention besides just putting a video up. I (laughs) learned that the hard way, but it's, it's, you get it, right? Uh, Yeah, you're, I get it. I totally get it. This session is brought to you by my good friends at DW Drums, and I love DW for their drums, I love DW for their people, and I love them because they support this podcast and they support other drumming initiatives all over the world. And you should do yourself a favor and head over to DWDrums.com to learn more about them, the history of that company, and uh, if you're ever in the LA area, take the trip to Oxnard and visit the factory. You'll be amazed to see how they make their drums. 
Speaking of amazed, you should check out Drums Etc. in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Now listen, just because you you may not be in Pennsylvania, but that's fine. You can call them at 1-800-922-DRUM and you can order online as well. And they're a small family-owned mom-and-pop shop. So the person that you call and order from or whoever, you know, when you place your order, the, the person that you talk to is going to be the one that packs your order and ships your order. But you can go and price shop other places. But the service that this place offers and their ability to find anything that you can possibly need for your drums is second to none. And I've been shopping at Drums Etc. since college. I went to school with the owner's daughter. I cannot say enough about not only Rick, the owner, but the staff at Drums Etc. and the entire organization. It's a true mom and pop shop and they are just an awesome pro drum shot drum, uh, drum shop excuse me check them out at drums etc etc drums etc.com or give them a call 1-800-922-DRUM Evans reminds you to not let a circle box you in with the new level 360 head you get accurate precise tuning every single time with a fit that will never fail. To learn more about Evans, the new Level 360, and all the other heads that they have to offer, visit EvansDrumHeads.com. Now let's get back into it with Johnny Rab. I want to switch gears a little bit because we were talking about uh, we sort of we were talking about practice. We were talking about some things that sure. that uh, that you you know some things that are sort of proprietary to you that you invented like the freehand technique and i want to talk about that too um there's one thing that i always like talking to you about and i don't think we really covered it much on the last podcast is is hand speed developing hand speed and because i mean before we were talking about sort of some in the air things and i want to get down to like some tactical stuff that people can take away too um the thought process i think is i think is one thing and then i i like the tactical too um of let's I want to talk about it with you because I think that there are a lot of misnomers out there about how to develop hand speed Uh, I think a lot of people are actually doing it incorrectly and are are working on their their hand speed incorrectly and are going to end up shorting themselves or hurting themselves or or whatever so what's sort of your take on it and maybe some approaches that you that you recommend people take because i don't know we mentioned this in the other podcast but you're you won the the world's fastest drummer uh year or world what is it for world's fastest drummer right world's fastest hands yes yeah uh right now i I still think man genie is now the current leader but yeah original world's fastest drummer um and and yeah so that was years ago and i honored to have had that because there was a goal you know i, right. I got to do that i will say uh and let me make sure you you finish your question and then i'll i will well go. and i just wanted to say that i know that that was that was years ago but you've taken a lot of things from that and you continue to so i, I just want to sort of i want to put that out there to people about about handspeed because I just I think it's a I think there's a lot of people who don't understand sort of how to develop speed whether it be on a pad around the kit or whatever it is so okay well I can say that I'm trying to keep this this to make sense I can say that I promise everyone that when you don't practice on a practice pad and then also practice on a kit uh, routinely it is going to go away it is no different and I'm saying this for any practice it's no different if you go to a gym. And this is true for me. Uh, I'm going to use the gym analogy. Uh, I went to the gym, I don't know, six months ago, had a trainer. Uh, I was doing great, getting uh, more endurance, getting more, not speed or anything, but when it came to like fitness, I was getting more in right. shape. Da, da, da. Went on tour, dropped doing stuff, got lazy, did the stuff you do on the road in the, in the sense of sleeping. And the point of it is if you don't repeat or have repetition in any of your practice or hit a pad, it's not going to get better. So my advice is it doesn't even matter. Five minutes, make the, the, the practice time quality and make it, make it happen. If, you know, for example, I've got pads set up here, the, um, in the, in the studio and I will at least once a day go and like work on some singles or, or just some, uh, stick control book just to be like, man, it's really like the weights. Like if you don't, if you do bench pressed, 150 pounds and then you don't do it for a while you're going to be back down to the bar correct in no Mm -hmm. time it's like oh god same thing with drumming it's use the speed or use the comfortability uh, or the control if you will same thing if you haven't worked on a pad for a month you're going to come back and be like oh my god what happened i'm back to kind of 
not as slow as you were, but you're going to be rusty. So to develop hand speed, I did two things, wrists, wrist control, and then finger control. And that's simply, you know, the wrist would be like pivoting at your wrist and doing wrist motion for the stroke or with your finger control, using the index and thumb as your fulcrum, and then using the the remaining three, mainly the two, the ring in the middle, um, as you're bouncing bouncing the stick or, or you know what I mean, uh, pulling the stick up and having it bounce off the rubber pad. So eventually I will be putting out some, uh, and I'm not trying to sell stuff, I'm just saying I'll eventually be putting out exercises in which to kind of have some fun building hands. Um, but an easy exercise is any rubber pad. I Again, I am going to plug this because I think Jason does a great job, but ProLogix, I have the uh, chance to make the signature pad with him, so I use my uh, Austin Auto pad. But a uh, gum rubber pad um, by ProLogix, I'm using. You guys get a rubber pad. Everyone should have one. And I think everybody should get a ProLogix pad. I'm a, I'm a ProLogix artist, and, and Jason has done a lot for the podcast. And, and I agree. We do some giveaways and stuff with, with this pad. I think he makes amazing pads. Really just thanks awesome. For, thanks for putting that in there. I agree. I was trying to do that uh, directly, but not. <laughs> no, not I, 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 do, I really think he makes the best practice pads out there, hands down. That's awesome. He's done some really innovative stuff with with the pads, and I'm happy to know him for years too. And that's great. Uh, but get the pad, and and everyone should have that. You have to on a stand all the time, and uh, just start simple eight notes. So like right, 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 right. Okay, so that's eight notes. Then fill in the sixteenths. Use your right hand as you would your high hat hand. If you're left handed and you're left handed leads, start with the left hand. And you're filling in the 16s at first. So right, 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 left, right, left, right, left, right, left, et cetera. Have that right hand be the guide or the groove, okay? Once you've done the eighth notes of 16s, then you're going to do 16th notes. And I call it like slow slow burn. Act like you're doing the groove that's like doom, dot, doom, dot, one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a. Your right hand is playing those 16s, okay? So... Right, 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 right. Okay, I'm not going to even try to sing. I was hoping you were going to. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I will I will sing it without the sticking, but you're going to then take the right hand as your groove hand or your kind of your holding it down pattern, insert the left in there in that slow groove. So you're singing boom, but boom, but you're playing right? That's your right hand. Then you add in. The left hand fills in the 32nd notes. The reason I have your, your uh, I guess, your lead hand, whether you're a left-handed player or right-handed player on your kit, be the strong hand, your right or left, is so you can keep that groove. You never want, I don't ever like when, hey, play a single stroke roll for me. They're, it's like, wait a second, what happened there? And the reason I did that silly sound is a lot of students will come in let me hear. Let me hear doubles. They're like, dig, 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 dig. okay, cool. Let me hear singles. Because <laughs> we don't take enough time to realize that it should be music as well, or it should be a a, a beat. It doesn't just need to be a flail. Right. So it just it, sounds. It's like, uh, like it's yeah. it's just and it's also sloppy. They're they're you know dig 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 all over the place. Right. So use that groove concept of the right hand halftime funk thing. And that's why I'm saying you sing the kick pattern in the snare. Boom, bop, boom, boom, bop. Doom, 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 da, 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 da. Right hands doing that. Right hand only. Again, back to sixteenths. So you're going from sixteenths to thirty seconds. Back to sixteenths. So single stroke with the right hand for a measure, and then add the thirty seconds for a measure. Okay. Then watch yourself. Your right hand stays exactly the same, and that will hopefully keep your left hand in check to keep clean 32nd note or whatever uh, rhythmic value you're doing, but clean. You want them to equal some sort of rhythm and not just be what I call like the, the flail or, or the, you know, just like, Oh, wait, wait, singles. Don't tell me to do singles. I can't. So mm-hmm. you can do that wrist stroke. You can do it um, with finger control as well. Um, and then you're going to find a, a point in between where you're using on the kit. And of course, Transfer the same exercise to the kit. Simply, uh, whatever way you want to do it, you can do the same groove um, on the hi hat and actually play that on the hi hat, and and still do the backbeat if you want to with your right hand. 
Okay. But anyway, that's that initial one um, is an exercise that I use all over the place. And the same thing applies to triplets, to eighth note triplets. I'm sorry, dot, 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 one triplet, two triplet, three triplet, four triplet, that's all right hand, triplet, three triplet, four triplet, then dega, 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 one triplet, right? You add in the sixes to make with your left. So that can, that can, I like to think of it, of kind of life in eighth notes to sixteenths, eighth note triplets to sixteenth note triplets. Then just use your metronome starting at 60 BPM. And it's not about getting as fast as you can go. It's about can you control it, mm-hmm. can, you know. And then from there, you move from the pad to moving it between toms. It doesn't matter if you want to be on the floor tom and snare. Experiment with that same exercise on the kit. And don't forget dynamics as well. So no joke, though, the world's fastest drummer, that's all I would do was that uh, 16th note to, to 30 seconds and just – see you know how long i could hold it so that you know i would hold the 30 seconds for four measures then go back to the right hand as a rest break if i start being like oh my god that's too much on my weak hand uh but i will tell you that the key to me was keeping it in time and keeping in like a musical groove um yeah i mean what's what's the point of being able to play all that stuff if if you're if it's not going to be in a musical context and you're not gonna you're not gonna make music with it you you bring up a very good point uh, when the world's fastest drummer, I'd get a lot of flack. Like, why? What, what, why'd you do that? Who cares? Ah, it was a fun thing. Who doesn't like the idea of Guinness world record with like the, the, you know, the, I don't know, longest holding your breath, the longest underneath Lake Erie. Like, you know, it's like, it's right. a funny, like, Oh my God, you did that. Or like most stair, you know, stairs climbed within an amount of time. It was a sport style. And there's a difference to me if people ask me, well, I do that. And you make a good point. Yes, keep it musical, but I admit I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't say that when you're doing World's Fastest Drummer, there are definitely, you know, musical ideas you could do on the drumometer with a metronome function, but in this thing, you're trying to blaze right. as, fast, as fast as you can go. So that was all in, you know, fun. So as long as you know the difference between a fun, sporty-type approach and then you know when to get, you know, get to the musical stuff in a gig, mm-hmm. I think it's it's all fair game. It's, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And I, and it, it can't hurt your it's not going to hurt your playing unless you're constantly just like playing licks and chops but like learning singles and triplets and doubles and all that stuff I mean that's all drumming is right combinations of singles and doubles in my opinion yeah and I you share know. your I share your your uh, view on that that you know you don't realize until you're older or until you're more seasoned that you're like oh seriously wow everything I'm doing is singles and doubles and then layers upon or linear. Right. There, yeah, you, you know, it's like wow. Um, and you made one last, uh, another good point, buddy. It was uh, be careful if you start feeling tendon pain more than muscle burn. Don't, don't, don't just keep sprinting to the finish line. I mean, try to know your body. You know, if you, you there's a difference between muscle burn, like you would if you're working out, or tendonitis if you're like overdoing, trying to grip too tight, um, etc. And in that one. DVD I did CRE control relaxation equals endurance. That's kind of the thing. If you are controlled and you're relaxed, because we all have a tendency when we get faster to tighten up. Tighten up. Yeah, it's going to burn. It's going to hurt. It's going to not go faster. So you, your body can only do so much, but you can see how far you can push your body to to do. It'll pretty much amaze you if you stick to it. But remember. Uh, it's never starting fast. You don't just sprint, uh, you know, out of a, on a marathon. I've never run a marathon, by the way, but you get my point. Um, <laughs> Full disclosure. Firing <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to exactly like go in the New York city marathon and like try to keep up with the leader guy sprinting and be like, I got you dude. Right. It's like, no. So same with drumming or weights, start where you're find your, where your starting point is. If that's, if that's, I've never done this. I'm starting at 60 BPM. Holy crap. This is hard. Cool. If you're like, I don't agree with Johnny. I'm already all set at 60. I'm more at starting at like 16 notes at 120. Awesome. Then take it from there in five BPM increments up the ladder. You know. Yeah. I and and the the one I was going to bring that up, and I'm glad that you said that is the five five uh, five 
whatever BPM. I couldn't think of the yeah. word. I'm like, why? That's no, fine, man. Brain, my brain stopped working. The Dude, five, the five BPM uh, intervals because people always want to go from 60 to 95 to 112 to 190 in like four minutes. Well, I'll tell you that uh, using this analogy of, of of another instrument, I have a music ed background, and so my daughter plays trumpet. She's 13, and the analogy is this: We're down in the basement. We have three trumpets in the house because my wife played in high school as well. I play some, believe it or not. It's not awesome. Um, but the good news is it goes across the board with teaching. So she's down here and she's working on 16th note runs or different things with, and with drumming, it's one surface in the sense of a snare drum with trumpet or piano or bass or any other melodic instrument. We've got sharps, flats, etc. So like these runs can not only be the, the uh, rhythmic value, but then all of a sudden you've got note values that are changing. Oh, that was a, you know, C natural, then to C sharp, then don't forget this and the key signature, this. Mm -hmm. She was getting frustrated. And the same thing you just mentioned, we nailed it. And the way we nailed it was that same concept, 60 BPM to start, right? With a metronome and then up five increments. And if she had any trouble, it was back down to the 60 or split the difference to 62.5 or whatever. Yeah. I was going to say, sometimes I'll even, I'll be at like 40 and go to like 42. That's fine. 44, you know, it's like, who cares? Like I like what Stanton Moore always says, practice slow, learn fast, you know? It, it makes so much sense. So the end of that story is that she finally understood, like she was giving her brain and fingers time to lock together and go, these are the fingerings for like chromatic. Mm-hmm. Finally, she got up to, you know, like nice, nice little uh, thing. And she gets it now. She's like, oh, because I'd leave the room, and she didn't think I'd be listening. <laughs> and I'd come back down. I'm like, Henley, you're, it, it's cool, but you're trying to jam. You're trying to, like, you you want – I know where you want to be, but you're trying to get to where you – the finish line before you even start it. Right. So it, it works across the board for any concept of practice, I think, for instruments or, you know, uh, whether it's melodic or, or, or kit or – I'm not saying we're not melodic, but you, you guys know what I mean, I hope. Yeah, so, and I, I, I was always like the idea of when you're doing something slow and it almost turns into like this meditative state. Like even if you're playing paradiddles, like super slow, just like yeah. da, 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 da. And like if you just sit there and like at like 50 beats a minute for like 10, it almost turns into like this meditative thing and everything just starts to sort of flow, you know, rather than just like, oh, I got to play this thing as fast as I possibly can because I got to play fast. You know, that's a, I know you, you're prodding me on these cool little points. I look at, uh, people online. Um, like I, I really get fascinated with watching Eric Moore, like his Instagram posts. And, uh, I can't believe his chops and, you know, Royster and these guys, I love these guys. And like, I am sorry about anybody out there that is always oh, just chops. Oh, no. It's like, you guys be open-minded. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's so exciting to watch. Eric plays his ass off too. Yeah. It's so exciting to watch the control. And, and, and you were saying that about the slow it, here's what I think happens to folks. And if you guys want to write Nick or write me and go, I totally, I totally, man, I know what you mean. You see some badass on Instagram. I don't care if they're considered a name or they're not. Uh, for example, Eric is a name. Uh, in my opinion. And, and there's some people that I've seen that I'm like, Oh my God, who is this dude? Or who is this uh, young woman, the drummer? Oh my God, that was ridiculous. That lick. Okay. Guess what happens? Psychologically you hear China, 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 hi hat. How are they doing that stick tricks crossing? And you're like, Holy going to my basement, going to my practice room, going to my room, going to wherever I'm going. You forget that you need to take, what you just got inspired by and then get to the, you know, take the inspiration, slow it down and then build it back up. Most folks will agree. They didn't just get in there and slay it out of the gate. Right. So that's a very good thing to remember is if you see somebody just ripping it online, I don't death metal, whatever. I'm not going to watch Derek Roddy do some blast beat thing and then just cruise down to my base and be like, Oh my God, that Derek thing was so sick. And just be like, ah, blah, 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 like I'm, you know, <laughs> double bass or something i can't right so <laughs> so just don't forget to don't let inspiration not inspire you i know that sounds so dumb but don't No, don't, i get what you're saying though yeah don't get burnt don't get bummed out 
um, if you see somebody do something totally slick and amazing and you go down the basement, you're like, why is this not happening? And for those of you that, uh, I feel like this, like you, if you're a professional level drummer, you see something, you're like, I totally know what that dude's doing. I got it. I know what she or he or she's doing. And you go down, you can't do it. Don't let that, the, the kind of inspiring thing, let you down where you go down you're like, I, why can't I do this then? I know the rhythm. I know the sticking then that's when it comes down to that body training again, muscle memory and mm-hmm. slowing it down and then getting it to your goal. Yeah. Give your brain a chance to learn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so, awesome. So, uh, we're talking about all this hand technique stuff and, and developing speed and developing all these things. And you also have the freehand technique, which you invented how many years ago, 25 years ago, something like that. Right out of college was when I started developing that into the, the, the final, you know, the final, the first release product of, uh, so 63 years ago, you developed, it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I wish I could say that I was, uh, it was 19, um, uh, 95. Okay. So, yeah. um, I had to, I had to break your No, dude, it's 63 years. I, I'm, I'm, thank God that's not quite right. But yeah. <laughs> um, so you have this freehand technique and which is essentially a way to play single stroke roles with one hand. Does that yes. summarize it? It does, but I've got to say that a lot of people, when they say or see it, they think, uh, roll, I would say any rhythm you can think of with one hand controlled and that's the difference between like a one-handed roll and the free hand Uh, i got you okay okay yeah yep but uh yeah there you go and so we are going to be together sort of releasing this not releasing it together but we're going to give uh the drummers resource community sort of the inside scoop on it before you release it to the rest of the world um and it's yeah. it's going to be it's going to be I, I don't want to say too much, but it's going to be something really cool. And it's going to be a chance for people to check out the freehand technique to learn it uh, and to really to to get the information from the source, get it from you directly. And uh, and I know you've already written books about it, but there, now this will be a way sort of online where people can access this info. Yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, something we're working on um, very soon. Uh Hopefully within the next couple of weeks, don't hold me to that. But yeah, uh, so the listeners will get like first shot at seeing what we're talking about. Um, you know, in this day and age, as I said, there's a lot of um, there's some cool videos out on it. Um, and then there's some ones that I don't know, don't quite hit the mark. And, and I'm just excited to share. I've been working on it a long time. So I'm very excited to to share this with everybody. And and um I basically really want to like get the world to be understanding this technique the correct way and see people use it. Um, and it, it is a viable technique. Is it for every gig or is it for some gigs never played? Sure. But, uh, it sure is a technique that hence the title freehand frees up the other hand to do some amazing musical ideas. So yeah, we're really looking forward to, um, getting this up and out there. And hopefully from there we can uh, get the word spread and and you you kind of hit it on the head. My idea, I, I really would love if people came to the source where where it started, and um, you know that's my goal. And you know again, very excited about what's coming in the very near future regarding the freehand technique. I'm stoked, and I'm stoked that I can I'll just be able to let everyone from Drummer's Resource know about it just because I've been. I remember when I first saw you do it and I was like, what is that? And then you had the rhythm saw and you had all kinds of stuff going on. And I was like, all right, this guy's a maniac. So in a good way. So I'm glad that, uh, that we'll sort of be, I don't want to say teaming up on it. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to take credit for what you're doing. No, but man. We're, we're going you're, to, uh, you're helping us. We're, you're helping us get the word out. We're helping. We just, you know, we help each other. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't want people to think that it was like, uh, uh, it's it's a friendly partnership kind of weird thing that we're gonna do. So but, <laughs> it's all good, man. All right, so we're gonna yeah. let people know about it. And uh, in the meantime, I suggest that all you guys uh, find Johnny on social. Uh, go to the go to the links for the uh, the show notes on here at drummersresource.com forward slash session. I think we're at two twenty five. I think nice two, work two twenty five. 
And uh, and once we make the announcement with all the stuff with the freehand technique, I'll make sure to put it in the show notes as well, so that people who are listening to this a little bit down the road can can access it. Uh, but before we go, Johnny, I want to say uh, first of all, I want to say thank you again for being part of the podcast. This pod, I was telling you earlier, this podcast would not be possible without guys like you and Rich Redmond and Daniel Glass and Brian Fraser Moore and the the hundreds of other people who have been on the podcast. Uh, but also, just want to thank you for your friendship man i've i've been following you for a long time i've been a uh, a fan of your work for a long time and uh it's 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 great to actually you know now now that we're friends to to be friends with you rather than just this guy that i would always follow so uh so i appreciate you for that too thank thank you for that and uh, and and quite honestly everyone uh you know support what nick's doing and it's it's he's done a great thing is he's 225 podcasts is that what you just said nick yeah 225 that's a lot of work, everybody. And that takes time. Like you just said, this is a straight up hour almost, I would imagine. And we're, uh, and I'm honored to be on here again, Nick, thanks for, for having me on. And, uh, you know, at these type of things, as we said, with everything out there, guys, it, it doesn't just happen for nothing. So help, help, uh, support it to keep, you know, drums resource rocking. Cause he's got some great content. I mean, you can go back and just get, I'm serious, endless information from the podcast from not only Nick by himself, but the guests that are on, the show and uh it's very cool that he has sponsors helping him as well but you guys can help him so do that and nick thanks for having me uh folks i hate to plug this but i will nick do it uh hit nick up on his uh drummer's resource on on instagram and also of course on twitter i'm at johnny rab on twitter you can send me direct message you can send me an whatever at johnny rab and you can also contact me through johnny rab.com uh there's a little email contacting i respond to all that stuff Perfect. I highly recommend everybody does it. And again, Johnny, thank you. And uh, you and I will definitely be in touch and then we'll get the, the stuff out to the listeners as well. So thanks again, buddy. Appreciate it, Nick. Have a good one, man. All thank right, you. Thanks. You too, dude. All right. Take See care. Ya. Bye. So there you have it, Johnny Rab. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I love having him on the podcast, man. I Johnny and I talk on the phone a lot, too. He's just a, a great dude, an amazing player, and has been at it for a very, very long time. I suggest checking out the show notes, drummersresource.com forward slash session 226. And again, if you have received any value from this podcast, any of these 226 episodes, show your support by going to drummersresource.com forward slash support. Pledges start at $1 a month, literally $1 a month. Every single dollar helps, and I just ask that you consider one of the higher tiers if you get a lot of value from this podcast. So that's drummersresource.com forward slash support. I can use it, and you can help the podcast grow with that contribution. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it, and I hope you're having an awesome day. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.